Now, we're going to turn the corner again, and uh, in the next 15 minutes, or plus or minus one or two, I, I have a, a, a thing I want to share with you in Ephesians chapter 6. So, um, <clears throat> when I shared last week that 30 years ago, this is, this is the official year of Judy and I's 30th year in ministry, and uh, 30 years ago when we planted this church... Um, you know, I, I, I shared last week that I, I've come to realize that we should have actually um, built an army instead of just planting a church. Planting a church is a good start, but we should have been equipping people to become, uh, you know, soldiers, good soldiers for Jesus Christ. And when I use those terms, please don't get any connotation of um, a violent thing here. That's far from it. But there is a call to arms that I believe that the Lord is uh, giving to us. Uh, let me just say, Chris, I, I can't see the, the uh, PowerPoint. So I, there. Okay, there we go. He's got the words. Oh, I got my glasses on. Now I can't read it. That's why. Okay, okay. All right, all right. Thank you. Yeah, we'll be okay here. In uh, Ephesians chapter 6, the whole armor of God. Now, this discussion, I, I want to tell you, in all honesty, I have never preached the whole armor of God message. I have taught it in classes, but I've never preached it, and I tell you why I think that is it. And the part of the reason is that um, when we preach the whole armor of God, the temptation is to, um, people start to, to do things that are, Okay, but not as effective as I think that Paul was getting at. We start praying on the arm. We start saying, I, I'm putting on my helmet of salvation. I'm picking up the breastplate of righteousness. And I'm putting on the loins of truth. You know, I, we start, when we start doing that, when we start praying that way, I think that it's to miss what Paul actually had in mind, which is that you and I are supposed to remember as those who are in Christ, we don't have righteousness of our own. We admitted that, and that's why we repented. And therefore, the Lord shared with us his righteousness. And how many of you know that, you know, when you were born again, there was still a lot to unpack? So we should be praying something like this. Let me call. We should be praying more like this. Um, Father, I am asking that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit and his righteousness. Fill me with righteousness. Let this experience that has been added to my account, this deposit that has been added to my account, let it become my actuality. Let it become my experience. So it's not just a... I'm putting it on, and I'm putting it on, and I'm putting it on. What we're supposed to do is put on the Lord. We just put the Lord on. And when you put the Lord in, then you've got righteousness. You've got peace. And, you know, if you're walking with the Lord, you don't become hateful, angry, and spiteful, and, you know, whatever. So my concern has always been that, that we, in the Pentecostal Charismatic Camp, tend to take this literally and not uh, spiritually like we should. So I'm going to read the verses, and I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to just reveal 
what it is that we are supposed to actually do, how we are supposed to engage God in this. As we read this word, I don't know about you, this is like James. You can't walk away from this and say, you know, it's like Paul ran out of things to say, and so here at the very end, he's just going to give you a little visualization. And he looks over beside him, and he's chained to a soldier, and he said, well, that guy's got a helmet, you know, and he's got a shield, and he's got a spear and stuff, you know. And so he was just inspired, and so it's kind of a metaphor. And I believe that that is leaving us unprepared for the wiles of the devil. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is how awesome the devil is. But I, I, it's really how awesome God is. But we are supposed to understand that Paul, probably one of the preeminent apostles and his revelation of who we are in Christ warn people to put on the armor of God. Why? Because there's an enemy. Today is a call to arms. Spiritual ones. Finally, my brethren, finally, is based on everything that Paul had already said. We're seated in heavenly places in Christ. We're adopted in Christ. We have an inheritance in him. God has an inheritance within us. The Jew and the Gentile are built together into a holy temple. You know, just all those things. Put all those things together. And, and Paul then says, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord. A little footnote there before we go any further. When I see Paul saying, finally, I see him saying, in view of everything I just told you, listen up. Rich, your strength is incapable of protecting the deposit of faith in you. Because number one, you don't know me like you should. And number two, you don't know your enemy. We think we're slipping Kevlar on. And we, all we did was put a paper vest on. We don't know how unprotected we are. Unless we shed our righteousness and put on his. And our strong in the Lord. I, I confess last week. I died slowly. Some days. Pastor Rich. Rises up in the morning. And it's not Pastor Rich. Who went to bed that night. It's like. A zombie. Not quite alive. Not quite dead. Not alive enough to be helpful to God. Not dead enough to not be a tool of the enemy. And the best thing we can do is go into the secret place and close the door where God promised to meet us and let him tell us who we are and tell us what we need to shed. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. 
For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. All right, that's enough. I hope you understand that like anytime you enter into these waters things happen things just happen let's just say things start to happen verse number 10 let's go back finally my brethren be strong in the lord and in the power of his might put on the whole armor of god that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil I'm going to tell you this in just a minute, but can I just like preempt it a little bit and say, sometimes you win by not falling. Sometimes you win by just standing. When all hell is against you and it makes no sense and everybody around you thinks you're a fool, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? You know, you feel like you're in that position, you know. And something inside of you just quickens your spirit and you, your shoulders square and your back straightens and you say, it is written. It is written. It's in that point, I have no compass. I have no lifeline. I have nothing that I can hold on except the word of God, which is enough. To hold me in those moments. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. That's next week. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. I'm going to keep saying this till we get an amen. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. I mean a healthy one. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So stop wrestling with flesh and blood, for goodness sake. We wrestle against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. I think I understand all of that. I don't know that I want to know any more than I do. But I'm telling you, in a world that does not believe in the personification of evil, you're already mincemeat. You're already vulnerable for destruction. C.S. Lewis said something like this. I'll paraphrase him. He said, you know, the two mistakes the church makes is they're either too involved and concerned about demons or they don't have any concern at all. Either one of those are extremes, right? against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. That means stand with the Lord. In the evil day and having done all to stand, stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, 
Above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And as for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. In a dream this week, The Lord said to me, which you already know, part of this. He said, Rich, your greatest strength is not your teaching. It's not your preaching. Your greatest strength is in prayer. It's kind of like the job description of a pastor, right? You know, and I so 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 either I'm close to him aging me out. And saying kindly to me, you're going to have a prayer ministry now, Pastor. You know? <laughs> and the Spirit quickened my heart, and in a minute I knew what he meant. These battles are won and lost, not in the halls of Congress. They're won in the prayer closet. It is not to say that Christians need to disengage and not be involved. We need to be. We need good people to be involved in voting and and, and electing good people. You know, the problem someone said is that we just keep electing people just like us. We need to raise a generation of people who are more righteous than this generation, and we need to put those people into places of office. And here's what I've learned very quickly. Just, I've just learned this in the last few weeks and months, is that that position used to be called a public servant, and they're not serving the public anymore. They're serving their own self-interest. So... You ask me which is my favorite, I'm going to just tell you, I, I, I fear to say that I think most of them are all the same. And they probably put on a lot of theatrics for television cameras and computers, and we, we get suckered into it, you know. And then behind closed doors, at the end of the night, they go out drinking together, and they laugh at us. God help us as Americans to understand who we are and who we're not, and to take our rightful position and our rightful role speaking for the Lord Jesus Christ. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. This is God calling us. He is mustering together a, an army. He's calling us to arms. I don't really have time to go any further in it But I want to just tell you that over the next couple of weeks, I just want to unpack this and and go through it in a way, because I made some accusations there in the beginning, you know, like 
that sometimes we don't do this really well. We just kind of pray things and hope that they, they work and when, when we actually need to be pursuing encounters with God where God tra- transforms us, where He changes us, where He builds character, virtues within us. Amen? Would you please stand up with me? I'm confident that the Lord is calling us to arms. I'm confident that he is mustering an army of prophetic voices. I'm very confident that the Spirit of God will equip us with spiritual Kevlar that is able to protect us. And Jesus will see again Satan falling like lightning. That needs to happen over every city, not just the ones that were reported in the scriptures. We need to see Satan fall like lightning over our cities, over our churches, over our families, over our institutions, over our government, over our schools. We need to see Jesus Christ as Lord. I, I want to end on this note of saying, you, saying to you that Jesus has won and he is Lord and he did defeat the devil. Mm-hmm. And he changed mankind's position. Mm-hmm. But there's one sense in which Jesus, you know, his battle has been won and his battle is over. And ours is yet in front of us. Now I'm going to just tell you that no one defeated the devil until Jesus came along. And no one will defeat him without Jesus. So we know the outcome. We know that Jesus will be crowned King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Yes, we know that he ascended on high and he sat down at the right hand of the Father. So we could stand up, as Todd Smith says. You know... We, we know that to be true. And yet, there's a sense in which the battle continues. And I don't know about you, but I hate losing. Especially to the devil, whose rank and position is probably like that of Michael, the archangel, you know. He's not more than Michael. In all that authority, he lost at Calvary. So he's just got a bag of tricks, which are usually lies and deceptions and shame and guilt. Problem is, that's apparently all he needs to deceive masses. All right, so... The church has often been on the wrong side of some of these issues, and we've not been as compassionate as we should be. And there should be something in us who says, we want to do better than this. But I am here to tell you that the church of Jesus Christ is the only organization, the only organism in the world that has the ability to defeat the devil and to save our cities and to protect people who have no idea what is happening to them. So when you see the person on TV shaking their fist and ranting and raving, 
want this to be my first thought is that there is someone who's just been deceived and does not understand. Therefore, I will pray for them. So help us. Judy, will you come? Let's just pray. Father, we thank you for this word that you've shared with us this morning. I thank you that we um, can be strong in the Lord. Not in our own strength, not in our own might, but in you. And I thank you for the work of your Holy Spirit in us. Father, I pray that you would help us to um, to recognize your voice. I pray that we would be those who discern the voice of truth, those who are able to sift through all of the things that are coming at us, all of the voices that are coming at us, all of the, the rhetoric that we hear day in and day out, that we would be able to sift through it and we would be able to hear your voice. And then, Lord, I pray that you would help us to actually carry your heart that we would be filled with grace and truth. Knowing you, understanding what is true and what is, what is real, and then being able to be patient with one another, to be kind, to be tender-hearted to be long-suffering, to know how to walk alongside one another as we, as we just figure this out. Lord, I pray a blessing over all of us. Lord, wherever we are in our relationship with you, I pray that you would just take us a little bit deeper, a little bit further into relationship with you. God, I ask for heart-to-heart -heart connection with you. Lord, I pray that the deep inside of us, the, the cry that is deep inside of us to know you, God, would be filled and fulfilled as we just yield ourselves to you. Lord, for those who are just starting, just starting a relationship with you, God, I thank you for that, and I just bless this new relationship. I bless every person 
who is saying yes to you maybe for the first time. Who may be saying, I don't really understand all that is being said, but I, I'm hearing a message, a message of hope that God who created the entire universe loved us so much that he was willing to send his son. And that Jesus, you were willing to be obedient to your father even to the point of death on a cross. That you went into that tomb but you rose again. And because you live, we can live also. Because resurrection life is in you, we can experience resurrection life and resurrection power in our own lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you have not left us alone. You've not left us as orphans, but you've sent us your spirit. I thank you that your spirit lives inside each one of us who have responded to this invitation to receive Christ. So now I pray that you would help us just to live our lives completely and totally for you. And we would allow you to live your life through us. That we would speak words of life and words of hope and words of encouragement. God, I thank you for words that are spoken that just can provide a course correction for someone who's just about ready to make a turn that could be detrimental to them. But a, but a timely word can just set them on course that leads to life. Thank you so much, Lord. And now, Lord, I just pray that you would lead us out of this place to touch those that you put us in contact with, to love one another, and to love those who need your love so desperately, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys.